are they? What did they influence you to do that you wouldn't have done if they hadn't been there? What did they influence you to do that you wouldn't have done if they hadn't been there? You know, it's like someone walks into a conversation, and they come to the point when they say, they feel, they believe, or they heard. And when they say that, I always love to ask this question because they're never expecting. I go, well, who the heck are they? And I can listen, I want you to get this. They are a very small number of people who seem like everybody in our minds. You know, you turn on the TV, the radio, the internet, you're looking at stuff, it's they, they, they. Well, who are they? It seems so benign. T-H-E-Y. It seems like it's no big deal. But they carry a lot of weight. And the lists are out there, you know, it's like, I mean, you've seen them, what's hot, what's not, what's the right car to buy, which one's not, what's in style, what's not in style, you know, what's everybody saying, everybody's saying this is what you need to do. Can I tell you something that they are, they're not everybody. You know, they say, they feel, they believe, so I better buy this, you know, I better drive that, you know, I better listen to what they say. I'll give you an example. This is a funny one, a small one, but Mary and I were out with a couple for, for dinner a while back, and the waiter comes to the table, we ordered Caesar salad, well, he's going to make it at the table, okay, so he puts all the ingredients and takes all that, and then he takes the plates and he puts the salad then on everybody's plate and passes it around, and one of the guy, the guy we were with says, hey, uh, why don't you just serve the salad already in a bowl, and the waiter says, well, they tell me to do it this way. They are powerful. They carry a lot of weight in our lives. They are always speaking in to our lives. But here's the question I have for you this morning, and this is what I'm going to focus on. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the right they, or are you listening to the wrong they? I mean, what did the right people in your life influence you to do that you wouldn't have done if they weren't there? And then you can do the reverse. What, 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 what did the wrong people influence you to do? I don't know about you. Can you think back on some things? <laughs> Hung around with the wrong people. You did some stuff. Boy, I never would have done that if I wasn't around them. Can I tell you, these past few months here at Church of the Red Door, you know, we've been thinking a lot. What does God have in store for us? My personal belief is, is that if we could see what God wants to do in all of your lives and all your lives on, on live stream and all our snowbirds and everything, uh, I don't think we believe it. I really do. But no matter what happens here with our church family or your personal family, we're still going to have to deal with they. The influence of the wrong people, this is important, well, they'll keep you in conflict, but the right people that are involved in your life keep you above it. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to chase down some of these they's. Whenever I think about they, I think about Nehemiah. He knew about the influence of the wrong people because Nehemiah did something they said could never be done. I don't know if you remember the story of Nehemiah, but he's got this really cushy job. 
I mean, in, in the Persian government. And he asks permission from the king to leave, and he wants to go back and rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. And let me just read you a little part of the story from Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4. And they said to me, the, uh, he had some people from Jerusalem come to Nehemiah and said, the remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and disgrace, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And he, you know, so Nehemiah goes, so when I heard these words, I just sat down and I wept and I mourned for days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Now, maybe that seems a little weird to us, you know, because we're thinking, okay, what's the big deal about walls, you know, okay, around the city? Who needs them, you know? But they were really important. I mean, in our day, not so much, okay? We all have walls around our home, right? Right, because we, we don't want to see our neighbors or <laughs> we, don't want our, we don't want our neighbors to see us. And sometimes, you know, we have our security, you know? I mean, it always just cracks me up, you know? You got, at our place, you know, you got the guard check, you know, and they come in, they got to check in, you know, they could lie and still get in, right? And, and then, so the one day the security guy's around, and we had some homeless guy that was breaking into homes, and someone pointed to where he was and everything, but he goes, well, I can't do anything about it. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm just uh, on the safety deal. I have to call the police. So you sit there and go, well, then what's the point of having you drive it around and going to you? But anyways, we can get a false sense of security, friends, about where we live in our community, like a person can't climb a wall and come into your backyard, right? But back in Nehemiah's day, 440 B.C., walls were very important. That's how the city got protected. So the story continues. So Nehemiah says, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, I request that you send me to Judea, to the city of my father's tombs, so I can rebuild it. So Nehemiah, he asked the king for permission to leave for a while because of the favor of God on his life. And this is important, but we're going to come around to this favor of God on your life. The king gave him all the money he needed, all the supplies, everything he needed to build the wall around the city. Nehemiah was a great leader. Nehemiah now arrives in Jerusalem. Everybody knows why he's there. He's going to rebuild the walls. People had tried to do it for a long time. Nobody was able to succeed. So now what he does is he surrounds himself with the right they to start working on this monumental project. But guess who showed up as they were building? The wrong they. And this is what they said. Now, what I want you to see into this as I'm walking through this, and know Pastor Jeff says this a lot, there's a message for all of us in here. I mean, look at Nehemiah, look at Jerusalem in a way that we would look at our country and our world and our community now. So the wrong they show up is they're trying to build something special. Nehemiah 2.19, but when Salbalat and the Horonite and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, that what they were trying to do, well, they mocked us. They despised us and said, what is this thing you're doing? Have you ever had anything like that happen in your life and you're standing for the right moral deal or trying to do something special? What are you doing that for? Are you rebelling against the king? Teddy B, what are you rebelling against our government, against our, our, our neighbors? You're basically saying, no, you're, you're going to try and rebuild the city walls. 
You can't do it. And by the way, I thought, Nehemiah, you're part of this Persian government. What the heck are you doing here? Well, I want us to look at verse 20, because verse 20 talks about the right they. Because see, Nehemiah had the ability to surround himself, like I was telling you, with all the right people. So Nehemiah 2.20 says, he goes, so I answered him, I said, this is powerful. Can you imagine talking to somebody or a news person? Or like, no, the God of heaven will make us successful. Therefore, we and his servants will rise and we will build, but you don't have any part, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Listen, every time God constructs, every time he builds something in our lives, you know what happens. He'll surround you with the right people. He will. He'll surround you with the right people in your life, whatever you're going through. But the wrong ones always show up. They always show up. Maybe, well, who are the wrong they? The wrong they are the people that we think are everybody in our minds. Okay? The wrong people are the ones that we think are everybody. These wrong people didn't like Nehemiah's success. This is important. They didn't like the blessings of God on his life. They questioned his motives. They mocked him. Don't miss this. Whenever we step up and allow God to build something of substance in our life, wrong they will mock us. They'll talk behind your back. They get a chance to abuse you. I know you think, I thought it was supposed to be a real positive message. It will be, it will be. But it's just the way life is, right? The wrong people want you to stay right where you are. They can't believe that you could change because they can't. Listen, let me say that again. I should have made that a don't miss this. They can't believe you can change because they can't. They look at it, you're, you're different, you're changing person. They can't believe it. Because the story goes on in Nehemiah. It said when the Jews who lived near them he said, they came and told us 10 times, so they're, they're, the neighbors show up and say, hey, look at me, and they're going to come against you. Oh, the, the wrong days. They're going to come against you. They're going to turn on you. In other words, they're going to attack. They, 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 they. So Nehemiah goes on in 4.14. Nehemiah says, you know what, when I saw their fear, I stood and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight. Boy, this is, we need this in our country, in our families, in our schools. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your homes. Fight for them. Friends, listen, we're in a fight. We're in a fight as a church, and you're in a fight as a family. Whether you're a parent, grandparent, great-grandparent, whatever, the wrong people are trying to mislead your family. They're trying to confuse your children. Just like with California, which is even hard to believe that they want your child to be able to go and change their sex without ever coming and talking to the parent. Where does that come from? They're children. They want to knock you out. We're like a fighter. You know, I should have brought boxing gloves. We're like a fighter in a ring. You know, you're ducking, you're dodging blows, you know, you're using a little fancy footwork, so you don't get hit with a serious blow. And when one of those rounds is done, we can go back to our corner, and there will be somebody there 
will give us some water, help us bandage up our wounds. You've seen boxing things. They go back to their corner. There's somebody there. Here at the church or your neighbors, your close friends, the right they. They encourage you. Get back in the fight. See, because the fight is for the souls of your kids. Fights for your spouse. Your fights for your friends. Who are you listening to? Who's in your corner? You got the right they in your corner or is it the wrong they? Nehemiah, like I said before, was a great leader and being so, takes his people where they need to go, not where they want to go. Okay, this is a don't miss this. I wish you'd memorize this one. Great leaders take people not where they want to go, but where they need to go. Great leaders take people not where they want to go, but where they need to go. God took me where I needed to go. It wasn't where I wanted to go. Had I gone, though, the way I wanted to go, I would have missed this incredible ride here at Church of the Red Door. I would have missed it. Many of you are leaders in your workplace, at home, at the church. You know that leadership's all about influence, right? Are you taking people, are you taking your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your family, your son, your daughter, where they want to go, or are you taking them where they need to go? Big difference. You see, the image of the boxing ring, you all know what that all looks like. That's the world we live in. So let's visualize we're in a boxing ring. And one corner over there is the corner for us. It's around you, and one of the corners is the church. And you can go back into that corner and get your nourishment and strength and encouraging. And, and you know, you're getting your encouragement through small groups or uh, comfort from those that love you or from volunteering or whatever. Can I tell you, there are not enough corners in this community for people to run to that are in this ring. As a matter of fact, the corner that we're going to be on at 49th and Jefferson, I'm going to tell you something, the corner's not big enough. There are a lot of beat up people out there and just church at the Red Doors Corner isn't big enough to encourage everybody that needs to be encouraged, to love on all the people that need to be loved on. It's not big enough. People are so many beat up people out there that need a corner like we can offer. The need of life-changing power of Jesus Christ, right? The life-changing power of Jesus. And it only happens if you get in the fight. It's the only way it happens. Who are you listening to? The right they or the wrong they? The wrong people, their voices are powerful. But remember, there are really only a few. You think about all the new... Um, organizations and all these new things that have popped up, the ones that get all the news media and everything, they're like 3% of the population. But they get all the news. They get all the press. They make all of us think that they are doing, they're, they, they're right. And you know what the wrong they can do to us? First off, the wrong people in your life, they can keep us from being our uniqueness. The wrong they can keep us from our uniqueness. Do you realize you're unique? Serious. Do you realize that? Do you realize you're one of a kind? No one, no one has your laugh. No one has your smile. 
No one has your skill sets and no one has your ability. It's been given to you by our Father in heaven. But somewhere along life's journey, the world system just beats it out of us. Kind of takes our uniqueness away. You see, if I have a proper view of who I am, well, then I see myself as God sees me. But the moment I try to begin to see myself as they see me, I mess up. I just mess up. <laughs> That's when I lose my uniqueness. That's when I become one of them. <laughs> Have you ever been one of them? And we spend so much time trying to please them. <laughs> we worry about, well, what are they going to say about me when I'm not there? You know, your your golf buddies, you know, they're all going out for a beer after you didn't happen to go for some reason. I go, I wonder what they're saying about me. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Ah, Christian dude, you know, you don't know. You know, what are they going to say about what you wear? What do they drive? They, 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 they. The moment I move, this is me now, from seeing the way God sees me to the way that they see me, I transition from vertical player to a horizontal pleaser. I'm no longer a player and work with how my Father in Heaven designed and made me unique to be. I am just horizontal so I can just be a pleaser to everybody and they'll like me. You see, when I die, God's not going to say to me, hey, Paul, why weren't you more like so-and-so? You know what God's going to say to me? Why weren't you more like Paul? Let me say that again. Put your name in there. Why weren't you more like yourself? Why were you always trying to be somebody else? And let me tell you, because they knock the uniqueness out of you, the world. And here's something else. The wrong day can keep us from stepping up, getting going what God really wants us to do. Look at Nehemiah. Had to step up and build the wall. He had to find the right people to help him build it. And remember, I told you, but guess who shows up, right? Sam Ballad, Tobiah, and Geshem. And all they did was talk trash. They threatened him. They, did, you, did you know that they actually, Nehemiah had armed his people that were building the wall? They would build with one hand and have a sword in the other, ready to go in case they were attacked. They were doing what God asked them to do. But they still had people coming against them, trying to stop them from rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. You're never going to finish the wall. That church on 49th and Jefferson, it's never going to get built. Look at it, I'm telling you, it's all over. Ah, that building campaign, it's going to fail. They. But what did Nehemiah do? <laughs> Here's what's interesting, and I think it's a good lesson for us. He didn't jump down off the wall and go toe-to-toe with them. You know, I'm sick of you. He didn't jump down and go toe-to-toe with them. He didn't mudsling them. He didn't sit down and talk with them over a cup of coffee at Starbucks and say, can't we just work this thing out? He didn't do any of that. Do you know what he did? He prayed and stayed above the conflict. Let me say it again. When we're in those moments and those crises and those things that are being thrown at us and discuss or what people say or what they can't believe you believe what you believe in. All he did was he prayed for that situation and he stayed above the conflict. 
Because when you have the right people in your life surrounding you, they're going to give you the support to help you stay above the conflict and discover the path that God has for your life. I'm telling you, that's what Nehemiah did. You got to step up. You can't be frozen in fear. You know, you probably, oh, I'm not frozen in fear. Oh, really? I bet you there's some conversations you've gotten into about certain hot topics today that you just stayed away from when you're even asked your opinion. I just want to encourage all of you, and this is for everybody. You will never, ever, ever find the right people in your life away from the church. You're not going to find them. You're never going to discover who they are until you get connected in a life group, small group, until you start serving, until you start volunteering, until you start attending church regularly, helping those needy in the community financially. Friends, look it, this is a powerful, don't miss this. The local church is the hope of the world. There is no greater cause, no greater charity or organization in the world. And you're probably thinking, how can you say that? Because I can. There is wonderful charities and organizations in this world. They're tremendous good. As a matter of fact, we, this church, you sponsor many of them. We help them financially. We help them through volunteering and everything. But it's only through Jesus Christ do people get the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in their life to change it. It's only through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit do they become believers and have eternal life. It's the greatest organization in the world is this church, is a church. So let me just recap. The wrong they, they can keep us from our uniqueness. They can keep us from stepping up. And they can keep us frozen in fear. You don't want to be frozen in fear, do you? I don't. Well, maybe you're saying, okay, Paul, uh, but who are the right they? Who are the right ones? The right they are people with God in the middle. They. T and a Y, but in the middle is H-E, he. The right they are the ones with God in the right snap, dad, right in the middle of their lives. Those are who the right people are. Because listen, the right they in your life, excuse me, they're tough. The right people in your life, they're tough. Don't ever sit there and let anybody ever tell you this, and I mean this, that this whole Christianity thing, you know, is for people who need a crutch, it's for weak people. I've got to tell you, that's a pathetic statement. If someone says that to you, and I'm telling you, you can do this, you tell them they don't know what in the world they're talking about. Christianity happens to be reserved for those who are tough. Don't sit there and call me weak or my friends here or someone else at church at the red door. You're the one that's weak. I would tell them, you're the one that's weak. I, you know, I would say, you know what? You won't even tell the truth about your own condition. You're playing games. You're one of them. Who are they? If you get nothing else out of today, I hope you'll never forget this as long until you're with our Lord in heaven. Jesus Christ was not some pale, frail, blue-eyed, skinny white boy. You have never met a man as tough as Jesus. Never. You can name the biggest, 
baddest guy out there today, and that guy will pale in comparison to the toughness of Jesus Christ. Don't you ever forget that. He was not pale, frail, blue-eyed, skinny white boy. And I'm not talking about mean. I'm talking about tough. Look, we got to be honest. We have to be honest with our friends. And I'm talking about honesty, but not in a brutal way, okay? I'm talking about speaking the truth in someone's life. You know, the right people, the ones with God in the middle, you know they love you, right? And they love you enough to speak some truth in your life sometimes, you know? I mean, do you have friends like that? Are you listening to people like that? Just maybe you need to move away from some of the wrong people and spend a little more time with the right people. But listen, it's important. The wrong they want to keep you in conflict. Always wondering, is this right, this wrong? They want to keep you in conflict. The right people keep you above it. And can I tell you, if those of you, all of us who have the right people in their lives, they're encouraging. I want to be surrounded by encouraging people. Don't you? <laughs> I don't want to be surrounded by Debbie Downers. You know, the ones that go, oh, the glass, it's half empty. Eh, I don't know if we can do it. Eh, I'm not so sure. That wall's pretty big. Uh, I don't think I can do it. I don't have time to hang around with people like that. The right people will encourage me, and I will encourage them. They put courage in our lives, the right people. They're positive. They're uplifting. You can do it. Come on. You can make it. Right? They're like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, serving here. It's, oh, come on. You can do it. You can make it. You can make it. You know? Oh, you know, I keep driving by that property. There's never any. Well, get out of the car. Go pray over it your courage back. It's going to happen. Right? We all need that. You know, my grandchild never got to go. Pray for your child. Pray for your grandchildren. People says, well, Paul, ask me, they ask me, how do you find some of these awesome, encouraging people? I'm telling you, it's way easier than you think it is. You know, just go through a conflict in your life. Think back. Or maybe just fresh a conflict, a loss of what, and go through and go, who had your back? When you went through your latest conflicts or things of struggles and things in life, you want to know who the right people are? They're the ones that were there. They're the ones that had your back. Now listen, and the right they, they're also yielded. They yield to the person of Jesus Christ. If you have wondered if that person is the right they, if you go, I wonder if they're the right they, probably not. You've got to think of if they're the right ones. They're probably not. <laughs> Do they have God in the middle of their lives? And how would you know that? Because it's not about me. You'll know it's the right person. They'll be a little worried about you. They'll be worried about the relationship with God. The right people, it isn't about them. You haven't been out with these people? It's all about them. Ever had anybody actually sit down and go, geez, how are you doing? How about sitting down with people and oh, they never stop talking about themselves? All I'm saying is the right persons are easy to spot. God is number one in their life. It's important to them. 
And they're concerned about you. They're concerned about you. Now look it. No, I'm not saying that CRD is full of all the right people, but most of us here, we got God right in the middle. God's right in the middle of our hearts, okay, where it's not about me, it's about what he needs from me and my life. And let me tell you, those that are involved in small groups, and I told you volunteering, reaching out to the needs of others, being Jesus to the world, they're the right thing. If you're looking for the right thing, because it's not about them. They really grasp what it's really all about. You know, um, I was at a memorial service of a friend yesterday, you know, and they're, you know, how they recap your life and, and, you know, videos and stuff. And, you know, it stops you. You know, first off, you know, you're sitting here and you're holding your program. There's a picture on it of the person. And you go, well, someday that's going to be me. It's the reality. Well, it's going to be my picture. Then you're going to have people talking about what are they going to say? Yeah, he was really good at, he really stunk at golf or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, he was kind of a blowhard or blah, blah, blah. What are you going to say eternally about you, that the mark that you left behind? You know, when I listened to what this friend did, he would believe me was not perfect. No. But God used him in a mighty way to change many lives because he had God in the middle. So in close. Rarely, rarely do we ever consider, I think, the true impact that they have in our lives, whether it's the right or the wrong. See, we have the opportunity to see life so much more when we listen to the right people. God gives us the ability to look for them. And when you find them, can I encourage you? Make sure you listen to them. <laughs> listen to them. Can I encourage my final words here before I play this final clip and pray us out? You got to have confidence in your Father in heaven. You got to have confidence in the kingdom of God. Listen, there is, and I can only speak because of experience, there is nothing he will not get you through. There is absolutely nothing that he will not get you through. There's no slander that you'll ever come against. There's no obstacle, no mistreatment, no health issue, no loss in your life that he will not get you through. There isn't any. Have confidence. And all he's saying to us is share that. Be that confident about who I am and who my son is and how you can change the world. Have confidence. Just like this video clip. When you guys are ready, go ahead and play it. <laughs> 